0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Millennials Anonymous Podcast. Yeah, my name is Lise, and I'm a millennial. So let's get this party started right and quickly. So today we are going to have an interesting show. We're talking relationships today, and we're talking a little bit about African American history. So we're going to have fun. I'm excited about it. And I want to give a big shout out to Brunchin'. So we had the Lover Special. It's for the Lover Special. And it was like we had all these relationships topics it was a really good show i think one of our best shows that we've had in a long time so if you had not if you have not had a chance i need for you to go listen to that you can go on spotify and all of the major platforms to find it it's yes. just brunching podcast we changed it from brunching to ediga at least a while ago so you all a little late but go ahead and tune into that shout out to guru ashley and ediga over there and we will have a guest on brunching this week as well so we're gonna have the the lioness on so i'm gonna need you to also tune into that because She's just dope. So you need to tune into what we got going on over there in brunch, and we're gonna have some more people coming. We're gonna have DJ Young Music, who will be on the following week, and then the next after that, we're gonna have comedian Ken Jones. So we got a lot of people coming. So tune in and stay tuned for that. And I want to give again a big shout out to Pamela Roxanne, who came on last week on Millennials Anonymous podcast. So shout out to her and everything that she has going on over there. So let's get right into it, cause I've been talking too much already the top 10 trending topics of the week all right so it is february it is black history month and now you know what that means it also means it's all-star time so all-star weekend is among us and the very first topic that we're going to talk about is all-star weekend so you know what that means before we even get into these topics you know what it means it means that the thought federation and association correlation has they have spoken And they are out in full force and full pledge. So shout out to all the thoughts who will be out at All-Star Weekend this weekend. So shout out to y'all trying to get y'all come up. I see y'all out there. Now, All-Star Weekend will feature a game on Sunday between Captains LeBron James, King James, and Giannis. Both are two of my favorite players playing right now. Both entertaining. I like them both. They both are good dudes. But you know my heart is pulling for LeBron. I just got a soft spot for LeBron James because he's a millennial. He's a little older than I am, but he's a millennial. And I just, I just like LeBron very much so. And the dunk contest top honors actually went to Derek Jones Jr., which without not without controversy. So people were saying that Gordon should have won it. However, I will say that I, 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 he did he, he made a jump. Over Orlando Magic's Ford. he's seven foot five, mind you. He made a tried to jump over seven foot five man. That is not an easy thing to do. But his scrotum did graze his head, the top of his head. So maybe that is why Candace and Chadwick Bozeman said, "You know what? We're gonna deduct a point." I don't know. I think he should have won. I think it was it was creative. I I do like it a lot. And people are saying that this is the second time. That he actually got robbed, they're saying that he actually should have also won back in 2016. So, I don't know, you know, it's not a good dunk contest if there's no controversy, you know what I mean? And TMZ is reporting that basketball players and ballers are helping the Chicago economy by employing listen to this up to 3,000 strippers. Yeah, we love the strippers they are helping all the clear heels get through college um right now they're paying tuition left and right you know at least that's like chris rock said that is the stripper myth so i mean they they're helping the economy and shout out to you no no knock on strippers you do what you want if you're an adult if you grown meaning you 18 or older you do what you want you that's on you you do what you want no no knock there and speaking of strippers the viral stripper, who fell off a 15 foot stripper pole, is actually announced that she is retiring. Yeah, but she said she, you know, she she's she's got to move on, I suppose. But she is not going into retirement without any money. Mm hmm she actually has a gofundme page and according to certain websites and sources allegedly she's raised over thirty one thousand dollars and it is continuing to grow on that gofundme page so when just when you thought that it you know the world wasn't a nice place it proved you wrong that people will in fact support the strippers whether they're stripping or not now I will say that I think we're going a little far like what do you need with a 15 foot stripper pole I'm trying to figure out what I don't even know when I saw the video I don't even know what she was doing up there like what was you about to do all the way at the top of the stripper pole and how much how inebriated or in shock you must have been to continue dancing after you've fallen 15 feet because she did not stop dancing she continued to twerk for at least several minutes. Now, if you, because they say allegedly she, she broke her jaw and some other thing, if you broke your jaw, jo- like you, you mean it, you wouldn't? It ain't, it ain't enough. It ain't enough money in the world. I, I, I would think you would be in excruciating pain. Like, oh no! But we doing too much, cause. oh and Shaka Khan is trending now uh, with her rendition of the National Anthem. Uh, that's a hard song to sing. Um, it's a really, really hard song to sing. But I am going to say that if you are going to be selected to sing the National Anthem, and I'm not one of the people saying, oh, you know, we got to do it this way. If you're going to sing it, you got to sing like saying it right like you can't be adding in extra stuff i thought you was going to start singing through the wire like I, I wasn't sure what song we was listening to and it's not that i'm you know this this like got flag hats and flag drawers on it was just like i'm like what song is this i think i had the same reaction that everybody else had um because the entire time i was like um i love shaka khan she looks amazing but what song is this anybody want to tell me what we listening to right now because i i don't i don't know i did there was a lot it was a lot and i was concerned and presidential hopeful pete Buttigieg is taking the high road and he's ignoring what presidential medal of freedom recipient rush limbaugh said about him not stacking up to the man's man donald trump or president donald trump now you know pete on a sunday I think it was on CNN one of the CNN channels said, you know, I love my husband. I'm faithful to him and he said I usually just just hug him, you know, <laughs> after the debate but you know, I love my husband. And according to two polls, it's as a Gallup poll, 78% of Americans said that they would vote for somebody who was gay or lesbian as long as they could follow or get behind their policies. So I, I don't know what Rush Limbaugh is saying and I to be totally honest with you, I don't know what the credentials are to get a Presidential Medal of Freedom, but I would probably guess that there were probably better recipients to give that to than Rush Limbaugh. I bet you there were better recipients in that room to give that to that day when he paid, I think there were better recipients but that's just me. I'm going to keep my opinions to myself. And the American cruise ship goers that are on the Diamond Cruises over there in Japan might be going home uh they apparently they said they saw two 747 boeing planes that have landed in japan and these ship goers have been on this cruise for about the ship for about three weeks they're trying to quarantine and, and contain because several of the cruise goers contracted the coronavirus and it is actually spreading amongst the ship so I don't know how that works. So I'm like, once they get back here, they just do they, they just free to go. Are y'all gonna like you gonna quarantine them? I'm not sure how that works. Because I, you know, I'm not too sure about this coronavirus. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because at first i was like you know i would think the flu actually has you know more impact on people because the media likes to jump on stuff like when the whole ebola thing was here like ebola is pretty serious over in africa but when that one i think it was one or two people in the united states got ebola they was acting like we had a whole ebola outbreak it was two people like i mean you know but i'm not saying that It's not a serious thing I'm just saying like I think sometimes they overhype it but now I'm a little nervous because it seems like it's still continuing to grow like i said i drink a corona from mexico but i you know if it come from anywhere else i don't want it don't give me no coronas from nowhere else i'm just saying and maya marries herself to promote her new music video she had people up and you know congratulating her and everything they thought she got married i think a couple of sites like the shade room and stuff were reporting that she apparently got married in the seychelles but she married herself uh, to promote her music so big up to Maya for. Pulling that off, I suppose. <laughs> and Snoop Dogg finally issues a formal apology to Gail King, and here's what he said. Coming at you live and direct with a message. Two wrongs don't make no right. When you're wrong, you gotta fix it. So, with that being said, Gail King. I publicly tore you down by coming at you in a derogatory manner based off of emotions, me being angry at questions that you asked, um, overreacted. should have handled it way different than that yeah and gail accepted his apology gail said this she said i accept the apology and understand the raw emotions caused by the tragic loss as a journalist it is sometimes challenging to balance doing my job with the emotions and feelings during this difficult times I don't always get it perfect, but I'm constantly striving to do it with compassion and integrity. So I think she probably should have done that, but that's my opinion, and I'm going to move on because I'm tired of talking about it now. And Kobe Bryant's public memorial actually will be selling tickets between $24 and $224, with over 90,000 people already vying for these tickets, according to theroot.com. And they're saying that the proceeds for these tickets will go to the Mamba and Mamacita Foundation, which will help young people to further their athletic ambitions. So that has been your top 10 trending topic of the week. Let's get into what we got going on now. All right, so it is African American History Month and what we have to do is to celebrate African American history each and every day. Yes, African American history happens every single day. You have the opportunity to make African American history every day by improving your community or improving yourself because each and everything that we do could potentially lead to something historic that will change our communities or yourself for the greater good so i want to give acknowledgement to that and on this platform we talk about african american history but we have not celebrated anybody in particular so what we're going to do today is to talk about a couple of different people six to be specific that you may not know little known african american history facts that you may not know know items that you use in every single day things that african-american people invented that you might not know so this is going to be african-american history facts that you may not know that a black man or woman created or a black person created there you go little known african-american history facts about things that black people created that you didn't even know so let's get it pop locking and dropping so guess what each and every day you probably using this and if you're not using it you're probably like me probably a little wrinkle most of the time but miss sarah boone in 19 in 1892 excuse me actually received and created the improved ironing board which was invented by sarah boone and she was actually born a slave back in the late 19th century and she was the first black woman in U.S. history to receive a patent so she expanded upon the original ironing board which is what a lot like what we see today so they were using a horizontal wooden block but that was like "Mm -mm." you know as black people we we got a ways with ironing you know what I mean like like Our grandmothers and stuff like they got a ways with iron and you can't put that, you know, that unnecessary crease in there if your ironing board ain't right. So she fixed that and now we could be creased up. We can be crispy. You hear me? We we could do that. Thank you, Miss Sarah Boone. We appreciate you and all you have to do. And she was one of the first African-American. Look at that. She was she was a businesswoman back when it wasn't even popular to be a businesswoman because she you could not be a businesswoman. So we appreciate you as an African-American businesswoman pioneer receiving that first patent and another black woman. You might not have known this Miss Mary Van Britton Brown in 1966 created and helped co-invent Not create, but co-invent the home security system. Yeah, she was in Queens. She was from Queens, New York, and her husband worked nights, and she felt unsafe because of the neighborhood she was in. And so she created a device that would help her put her mind... It is, and she created, helped to co-invent the home security system. So shout out to her because people are using home security systems today. And I can guarantee you, I did not know that was made by a black lady. I did not know that was made by a black woman. So that makes me even prouder when I see signs outside people's houses. Because now I can say, guess what? A black lady helped co-invent that. And I bet you didn't know it. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you, I feel like if you don't like black people, you can't have a home security system on your house. I feel like you shouldn't. I feel like it's just not right. I feel like it's not right. But let's move on to the next person, which is James E. West, Dr. James E. West, to be exact. And we're going to say it. Let's say it right. He helped to co-invent the electric microphone, which they used, they were using in things like Baby monitors, most telephones, tape recorders, hearing aids, and he received a patent or landmark patent back in 1964. And only four years after that, it was in wide production. So, shout out to him and all of the things that he's able to do because I use a microphone every single day. So, I appreciate you, sir. Appreciate everything that you had to do and accomplish there. Appreciate you. And the refrigerated trucks, yeah. The refrigerated trucks that you see it was invented by a black man frederick mckinley jones in 1940 he received over 60 patents throughout his life which included the roof mounted cooling system that you see on refrigerated trucks to help to keep those goods for extended periods of time even back in the, that was back in the mid-1930s you know when people people's getting sick for for silly stuff He made sure that people wasn't getting sick no more from all that food poisoning. Because he was like, you know what? We got to put that up there so we could keep this cool. Because I don't like hot meat with bacteria. Like, that's just not good. So, he created that and it helped save a lot of people. Not only that, he helped save even more people. Because this invention made it even better for them to be able to preserve blood, food, and supplies during the war. Specifically, World War II. So, he... He was doing a Dagon thing and he co-founded the Thermo Cooling Company, which was later known as Thermo King. So shout out to him and all that he was able to do there. Thank you, sir. We're using that invention today. And let's go a little bit more recent. Let's go to Mr. Mark Dean. He created or co-invented, co-created. I like that. He co-created color IBM PC monitor and the gigahertz chip. Yeah, black people are in technology, whether you know it or believe it or not. There's black people in technology, and he did the daggone thing in 1980 and 1999. So in 1980, he was the chief engineer at IBM, and he was able to be able to the tw- team of 12 people would develop the first IBM PC. In addition to creating IBM's original machine in his early years with the company, he also worked to develop the Color Monitor and the LED team that developed the first gigahertz processor. And it was massive. It was big. It was real, real big, you know, back in the 90s and 99 and the 2000s. But it allowed for higher processing rates and faster speeds within PCs, which are now expanded upon. And now our computers and stuff, is they real fast. Don't ask me. I ain't technology. Technologically sound That's not my strength But I know that it be fast sometimes So that's all I'm gonna say Thank you We appreciate you over here in Black History Month And I bet you you did not even know Those facts Alright So let's talk a little bit About The lovers in the house Well before we get to the lovers Let's yeah, let's talk about the loving in the house, and then we'll we'll move backwards to the other topics. So let's just do like a off on off on off on. Like yeah, I like that one. Yeah, let's do that. So there was an article that actually was in what is this called? Mel magazine, uh, which or melmagazine.com because nobody's actually probably reading physical magazines unless you're standing in a grocery grocery line. But MelMagazine.com actually had an article that are why are millennial women cheating more than men? So there was actually a study that was taken or survey that was taken, the general social survey, which revealed that 20 percent of men and 13 percent of women reported having sex with someone other than their spouse while they were married. And it goes on to say that the trend data goes back to the 1990s suggests that men have always been more likely to cheat than women. However, the same survey showed that young women have closed the cheating gender gap with women aged 18 to 29 being slightly more likely to cheat than men in their cohorts. In other words, young people are equal opportunity cheaters. I was just going to say that. Now, the, the one thing that women is able to close the gap on with gender it would be cheating. You know what I mean. So let's, I guess, hand clap for that. Applause. We we did. We closed the gap. It might not have been the right gap because apparently, apparently, we're not closing the gap. Apparently, we're opening the gap. You know what I mean? But let's let's let's, let's not do that. We're falling into the gap. You remember that? Well, here's my thing on it. They 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 spoke to thirty millennial women in in this who have cheated, and you know, some were a one off, but a lot of them strayed a lot and so the reasons that they gave why they were cheating actually varied a lot but dissatisfaction in their relationships and the presence of drugs and alcohol were the most commonly cited amongst women now I will say this I think a lot of it came from or comes from the fact that women are more able to be free sexually back in the day women didn't have the access to do it and women didn't have the capacity to do it now women financially especially in the african-american household are becoming more educated we're starting businesses at higher rates we are doing a lot better than our counterparts our african-american counterparts in some cases not all and I think with that being said, I think it, it creates or it opens up this opportunity to be able to cheat. And that's because you're taking the dynamic, the financial dynamic, and you're skewing it. Same thing with men. A lot of the reasons why men were able to cheat so frequently and so readily, one, men just, I'm not going to say that's just how they are, because it's not, because I know some dudes that don't cheat. But I think men just have more access to women and so because of they had more access and they made all the money the women just kind of had to deal with it because if back in the day when i like i said the great great granddads and stuff grandma great-great-grandma had to stay in the house she didn't have no money it wasn't nobody coming in the house with her like she she didn't have i mean of course they say the milkman because you know back in the day kids the milkman used to come to the house But if you didn't have a a good milkman, like maybe your milkman didn't look so good. You know what I mean? Maybe your milkman was kind of looking like Norbit or something. You know what I mean? And you was like, I don't really like him, you know, and it ain't going to work. So you had limited access and then you had limited access to capital. So if you messed up with your husband, you probably didn't have anywhere else to go. So you didn't have a choice but to stay and just kind of like deal with it. Whereas the men could go out and kind of do it as they please. One is because of the social constructs back then where men just were the heads of the household. And so the women couldn't really say anything to the men because they weren't the heads of the household. Men were. So they made all the decisions. And so if they decided, hey, I'm going to stay late at the office with my secretary. It really wasn't a whole lot that women can do. Now women can flip that script. Women have the same access that men do. We have access to money. We have access to men. We have access to be open sexually, whereas we didn't have that either. So things are starting to change. Now, I will say that the alcohol and the drug thing kind of surprised me. Because, listen, people, listen alcohol and drugs adds to bad behavior but it is not necessarily the cause of that said bad behavior does that make sense so when jamie fox said blame it on I, 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 alcohol it was a song okay because at the end of the day yes alcohol floods your frontal lobe which you know controls things like impulse so it lowers your impulse but it didn't necessarily put you in that situation to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, it, it. those are things <laughs> that you kind of put yourself in that situation. That situation. Uh, so, you know what it is. You know what the situation is and, and how you got there. It just will lower that inhibition. So, the fact that women are using that excuse is kind of crazy to me. So, i know that's a male excuse oh i was drinking it didn't i didn't but i didn't think women i thought women would be better at excuses i just i figured they would be but i guess not i i suppose not and i think it's also socially acceptable so cheating has become a socially acceptable thing so being a side chick or a side dude now especially as a millennial in generation z Is something that is socially acceptable. Back in the day, to be a side dude or side piece was something that was frowned upon. People did it, but it was frowned upon. So it wasn't like something that people wanted to be. You did not want to be a side chick. Like that wasn't the goal. The goal was always, maybe he'll leave his wife. Maybe, maybe, you know, one day, of course, it very rarely ever happened, but that was the dream. Nowadays, it's like, oh, I can get you on a weekend. Like, you just straight scissoring, which I call it is, which is you are they on the weekend, and you send him home on the week. So, basically, you're like a single dad, you know, a divorced dad It's basically what you are. You see your boyfriend on the weekends and special occasions when scheduled and planned like you know so that's acceptable it's like that's a whole movement there's some people that wouldn't want anything more but to be a side chick like that is the goal like i don't want to be the main chick or the main dude i want you to come for a minute and then (laughs) no pun I want you to (laughs) be here I'm gonna use another word I want you to be here for a minute and then you can go your by your way like I I don't need you to stay over I don't need you to spend a night I don't need us to fall in love I just kind of need what I need and you can get out like those are the things that are socially accepted now. So not only do women have more access to cheat. Not only do women have access, more access to capital. Not only are women. Some women in certain households. Becoming the income breadwinner. Where some of the dads are stay at home dads now. And the dynamic of relationships are cheating. Meaning that they're more openly gay men and women. So if somebody were cheating in a relationship. If you have more homosexual relationships flourishing. That person is probably going to be. Uh, either a female or a male so if you have more female to female relationships you're gonna have more women that are technically cheating so I think that also brings in another dynamic that we we really don't talk about either but those things are helping to change you know why women in this particular survey were cheating more but I think the biggest factor to that is the one I just mentioned it is the social factor It is acceptable. It's not even just acceptable. It is a trend. It is a movement. Where there are some women and men that don't want anything more but to take your spouse. It is a game to them. It's fun to them. It makes it adds... Too, Because I think it gives people that level of self-esteem push because it's like, I can take your man or your woman. Um, That's something I could come in to do. So it's a challenge. And if they're able to get somebody to bite that has a spouse, now I know I'm, I'm the shiznit because I was able to do something and take something from you. Because that means somehow to me, not meaning that's necessarily true, but that I'm able to validate me that I'm better than you. Whether it's better looking, smarter, come more cunning, whatever. And so there are some women and men that it's like a game to them to be able to get somebody else's spouse. So it's not even just that it's socially acceptable. I think that it's a trend now. It is a, a movement of sorts. The side chick movement. You hear people, you hear songs about it. You hear people saying that's what they were looking for. People, some people specifically say that there's whole websites specifically for people who cheat, so it's just one of those things where I think we have to prepare it. It's just a new dynamic that we live in. I'm not a cheater, I don't prefer to cheat. If I want to cheat on you, I would rather tell you, Hey, it's not working out, and to leave you. Now, I'm not gonna sit here and say I have not been cheated on because I have been cheated on. And it's a shitty feeling. So that's another reason why I don't cheat. Because I've had that happen to me. And it is not a good feeling. Now I will say. When that whole situation went down. I did momentarily. <laughs> momentarily. Become the side chick. To the side chick that was the side chick. If that makes any sense. So the person I was with. Cheated on me with somebody else. Started dating that someone else. And then they started dating me again while they were in another relationship so I became the side chick of the side chick I wouldn't recommend it it ain't fun it's not the th- I don't know why girls like it because you have to wait like you you can't you don't have the access to you gotta wait till oh I'm on my way now I'm like shug nag it's two in the morning like you couldn't have came over here at eight it, those are the types of things that you got to deal with when you decide, check. You You kind of get the leftovers. The, oh, I ain't feel like dealing with her today. Oh, that like it's not ideal. So I would say that I don't know why the movement is so strong, but I will say that I believe it. I think that women because women, we, we're smart. We are smart. We smart we is intelligence we is beautiful and because of that i think women we are able we're going to be able to sustain this a lot longer than men i, I think this is something that's here to stay <laughs> men just prepare for it ain't nothing you can do about it you've been doing it for, to us for years so just deal with it i guess you just better vet people find you a good one i don't know what to say about that whatever you know y'all do you mm-hmm. and let's move on to the next topic <laughs> All right, so let's talk about African-American history and what we can do to move our culture forward. I think a lot of the things that we see now in the society with black people are not really like we've come a long way. Like I said in the beginning, we get, we've we come a really long way. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we haven't because we have the accomplishments that we have been able to do. Like I said, given nothing like we really started from We didn't even start from zero we started from like negative 20 and our families were able to work our way up are we ever going to be able to close that ever moving pay gap i don't i mean not pay gap wealth gap i don't know i i don't know uh, right now, it's just not foreseen to me, especially since you know you see studies that are coming out saying by 2053 the African American wealth will be at zero, and a lot of that has to do with student loans. A lot of that has to do with the fact that our parents are living longer, and so you have to put them in retirement communities. The cost of living is going up. Things just are not catching up, and so we're gonna millennials. We gonna be the first generation, like I said before, that don't have nothing. Like we're not gonna have any money at all. So we are going to have to create this trend that will stop that from happening and that's why i think that it's important that we have this conversation now and i think for me personally a lot of it that will change the dynamic of where we are going as an as a culture as as a people is going to start with us doing little by little and what do i mean so yes, there are overreaching big issues, glaring issues in the African-American community that need to be fixed. But those things are going, it's gonna take years to get there. Well, you need to be able to do things right now. And I think that we, a lot of the times as as a community or as a people, we tend to put it, if we don't see overhaul of what's going on, we feel like it's a failure and that's not necessarily true. And so if you start, like, let's take Baltimore. Cause I, like I said, I, I'm from Baltimore. If you take a, a community like Baltimore, right? if you just start doing something small, I guarantee you, you eventually will make a bigger impact. But it seems like because we don't want to start small, we want to see this big overnight change that people just kind of drop the ball. And we can't have that happen. So even picking up trash in your community showing taking the initiative to clean up your own community like don't Call out for other people to come out and clean up your community that don't live there. Start it in your community. If you, because the biggest issue in the African-American communities, especially marginalized African-American communities, because all black people aren't poor to, despite the popular opinion, all black people are not poor, all black people are not struggling let's just say that so i'm gonna say marginalized african-american communities those communities that are struggling the biggest issue in those communities is mindset the issue isn't necessarily the lack of resources that is a part of it that is one of the systematic issues that got them there into that marginalized state but it is not necessarily the reason why it can't be fixed a lot of it starts with mindset so like i was watching bill maher and van jones was on and he was saying that in order to combat crime you have to give people books and jobs and they will put the guns down themselves and now, Mr. Van Jones is not wrong. You know, if you give people opportunity, he also said opportunity. If you give people opportunity, they are more likely to take and pursue them, right? However, if the opportunity does not look like I'm giving you x amount of dollars or i'm giving you a house that is out here or i'm giving you a blank check to do x a lot of the times with the mindset that's there and i'm speaking from experience since so, you know i lived there i had the similar mindset and i also had a non-profit organization or was a part of, you can't own a non-profit organization so i worked for a non-profit organization founded a non-profit organization The mindset is, if you're not giving me that, it's not going to change anything. If you put job programs in some of these communities, I guarantee you people won't use them. And I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen where you put libraries, you have mobile libraries, you have virtual libraries, you you, you come out... The people don't use the resources. It's so many grassroots resources in nonprofit organizations. I think in Maryland, they got like 40,000. And if you know how small Maryland is, that's a lot. And most of them are based in Baltimore City. So you've got to understand that the resources now we need to do a better job of help helping to fund and helping to educate and helping to push forward these grassroots nonprofits so that they work properly. But a lot of the times people don't utilize them. And all of this stems from the fact that people mindset is in despair and stagnation. They don't believe that there's anything else. They don't believe that there's anything better. Like if I get if you get me a job, because I think that's also an issue with people like Van Jones, where what jobs are you giving them? Because if you're giving them a job at Walmart, nothing wrong with working at Walmart, but if you give them a job working at Walmart or McDonald's, they're making minimum wage in a society and in Maryland, the taxes and stuff are really high in Baltimore city. The taxes are even higher than they are in Baltimore County. You're giving people very little pay to try to say, oh, you know, they already were in despair to begin with. And now you're gonna put them back into despair because now once you put them in a minimum wage job and you tell them go just you got a job now you just go it's not gonna solve it because i can guarantee you that's gonna last but so long so you know especially if you're taking somebody that was making a certain amount of money and you're making a certain amount of money and now you're taking them out of making a couple thousand dollars to now you're making a 100 or $200 a week. That's going to last for about a couple weeks. And they're going to go right back to what they were doing. Because it was more profitable to do it the wrong way than to do it the right way. I think if we're going to say an African American community with people that are supposed to be like at the top that the way to fix what we got going on is opportunities we have to make sure those opportunities make sense so we need to be really working towards things like returnships, things like extended internships that are not just for college students but for people who are trying to get into a workforce uh so maybe we should call them trial ships where these companies are actually giving people the opportunity to get the experience that they need in order to work their way up to a reasonable living wage like it's not necessarily that I want you know everybody to just get stuff for free that's not it but you if you're gonna say opportunity you have to really mean it you can't just give people a minimum wage job and say go that that doesn't work and you know I talked to someone and it was like Oh, well, I pulled myself up. I was like, but everybody doesn't have the same opportunities because you had a mom that was around that took care of you. That if it didn't work, you could go back to your mom. Some people don't have that. Some people don't have that base. So if you have those individuals, you need to provide them with opportunities. On top of that, you would also need to find out what the barriers of entry are. Why can't you get a job? Why can't you keep a job? These are the questions that are never asked when you have nonprofits. The issue is only, oh, they don't have jobs. Let's create a program that they have jobs. That doesn't work. I'm telling you it doesn't and I I know some of the nonprofits don't care because then they come back through and you can count them as another person that you served. So it's all about the numbers, but as a community, we do need to make sure that we're changing the mindset, right? We also need to make sure that we are the ones that are creating the building blocks. We're starting to move the building blocks forward. So let's do something small. Like I said, if it starts with cleaning up trash, if somebody sees you cleaning up trash in front of your house, they're more likely to clean up trash in front of their house. And then they're less likely to throw trash in front of your house because now they know you respect it. Although, you know, systematic racism is awful. It's terrible, redlining, especially in places where, like I said, and I live in Maryland, you can clearly see it, especially in Baltimore. And I talked to somebody who was from New York and she said, I've never seen anything so blatant. And it was a white woman. I've never seen something so blatant and out there than when you come to Baltimore City. You can see the red lines. It's like that nowhere else. And I'm from New York is what she told me. So when you have communities like that, you know, you have to be able to start within because you know that they're not going to come and fix it overnight. They're just not. But if you start to clean it and you start to respect what you do have, other people will start to value what you have and start to reinvest in your own communities. And it doesn't necessarily have to be with money. Like I said, it could start with you cleaning your block and getting people in your community to help clean the block. It could be something putting trash cans around so that people don't throw the trash on the ground. It could be trying to get your the school kids after school maybe having a couple people older people who are just there have the kids come sit over their house and read books to them like it's little things that you could do that could start the ball rolling that will help to change this mindset that i think is the biggest issue that we have in this plaguing the african-american marginalized communities that's just me and then we have this i made it mentality where since we made it we now look at and put our thumb on noses of people who didn't make it oh they're the bad kind of black people oh i like them oh i've made it i i did what i need to do we need to stop that also because everybody is different and everybody who's not thriving isn't thriving because they're not trying life is not fair so it it's not going to be a straight line for everybody but it doesn't mean that everybody that's not making it is not trying now i'm not gonna say that there ain't some people that's just trying to milk the system they're out there they're there they ain't going nowhere they're gonna be there but we're not talking about them we're talking about the people that really want to make a difference they really want to make a change Those are the individuals that we need to start reaching out to. And if you made it out, it would only make sense to leave some breadcrumbs for somebody else. And I don't mean just leave the breadcrumbs and just throw it up in the air and hope somebody catch it. But actually leave some breadcrumbs and maybe put a handout and say, and not giving money or giving food, but giving mentorship, knowledge, that type of thing. Even an opportunity, like if you have a company and you're looking for people to hire, maybe hire somebody from your old neighborhood. Give them a chance. You you have insurance for a reason. Give them an opportunity. You don't have to be silly with it. No, use your experience and, and vet them and interview them and stuff like that. But give those individuals an opportunity. Hire from what I call the D list, which is the do not hire list. Hire from that list of people that are usually picked over. There's little things that we can do in our own African-American community to start moving it forward. Of course, we need to hold not just vote. We hear a lot of that voting is great, but it's not going to change anything if you vote and then you sit down for four or two years and then you complain about what's going on. No, 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 no. If you see if stuff not getting done, it's time for you to get up and say stuff is not getting done. I need you to tell me what's going on Capitol Hill because ain't nothing getting done. And I'm talking about in your local communities. I'm talking about in your state Senate. I'm talking about that. If stuff is not happening, your city delegates or or, uh, officials, your city officials, your county executives, go to them and say, hey, I put you in office. I voted for you. Tell me why our schools don't have X. You don't have to do this every day, but you can write a letter. You can send an email. You can even go to there. Make them know you. So when they see an email, oh, here come this girl again. Here she goes. So that they know that they can they can't just get Elected and that's it, because a lot of the times that's what happens. And you have these people who sit there for years and years, and no one holds them accountable, so that they can just get in, do nothing, get reelected. Get them out of there. Get them out of there, or hold them accountable. Just saying. So that's part of the things that I need think we need to do in order to further the community. There are more things, of course, and we'll have that conversation on a later day. We're gonna have a special that comes out on. African-American history starts now but for now that's just what I think are the major issues in the African-American community we got to change mindset we got to help one another and we got to start small in order to work big that's all I'm saying and you got to vote that's all I'm saying so we're going to move on to the next topic all right so let's get it so what is the worst millennial dating trends and why to ditch them now so bold.com actually has an article that was written and it's in the tough love section and it talks about a couple of different dating trends that are the worst millennial dating trends that are around and yes we're talking about love because love it was love week it was valentine's day so we were going to talk about love today but i should have said that in the beginning but I didn't it's all good though whatever so one of the topics you you get it now you're probably like okay She's gonna tell us now so it's 10 trends that we need to it says dating trends and why we need to ditch them now and the first one is the fade out now I didn't know exactly what this was but here's what it is this is so you go on a few dates with someone and you get along great with them and then you think that they could potentially be relationship potential and then you never hear from them again i would call it ghosting but i guess that now it's the ditch out i don't know i guess i'm getting tired so we gotta stop with the names i mean the fade out we gotta start with the names and it says so this is usually referred to as the fade out and while it's never pretty to be on with the receiving end chances are you've done it too so i guess i guess the difference is with somebody that ghosted you just go and then you just disappear whereas with the fade out you kind of steal your reply to a tweet or a a message here and there but it's not a good thing because you want somebody to be straightforward with you and say hey man i don't really like you like that Like you cool as a friend and everything But you know I don't really see this going long term Like I feel like millennials we have a hard time Because you know most of us Not all of us But we're super woke And you know we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings And so we just would rather ignore it Plus we are not great Especially with our Gen Z's We're not great in millennials as well With the human contact part You know You know being Human and having a face to face conversation, we rather do that through the phone. So, having normal human etiquette is hard for millennials and these uh, But you know, we got to stop doing that. If you don't like somebody, just tell them, just tell them. And it says, Always looking for someone better. So, I don't think this is a millennial trend, but I mean, of course, you should definitely ditch it, but I don't think this is a millennial trend. I think it's just a human trend. I think we're always thinking the grass is greener on the other side like you know we we have we're doing great together we have amazing chemistry together but i know that there's somebody else out there that got a little bit more money than you maybe they got a little better body than you maybe their sex is better like you always looking for something you know maybe you know maybe this good next girl that i'm gonna find she gonna have a real head, real fingernails. she got a job and you know they you always looking i don't know i think that everyone has potential so I'm not a person that believes to just jump to the next person unless you absolutely. Because you know when somebody don't have no potential. You can tell when somebody doesn't have motivation. They don't have ambition. They don't have drive. Like, this is it. Like, you, you've been, everybody been on a date where it's like, or met a person. You don't even have to be sexually attracted to them or dating them. And you're like, you ain't doing shit with your life. Like, this is it for you. Um, yeah. You're not doing anything. Everybody met that person if you're with that person. Yeah find something new but sometimes I think as Millennials we tend to Want to always kind of move along because we think that there is something better as opposed to just allowing the person to Evolve and grow with you and to help them to grow as much as they can help you to grow now You shouldn't be putting out more help than they putting out. now Okay But if you can help each other grow, just because the person might not be the greatest in everything. If you are strong where they are weak and they are weak where you are strong, that sounds like a team to me. So if they can teach you something, you can teach them something. Sometimes you ain't going to get perfection. We don't even, uh, listen, we're not perfect. So, you know, we don't deserve perfection. So that's why a lot of people, I think, end up by themselves because they're looking for this perfect person that doesn't exist. And three, it says the best dating and relationship advice on the web um so I guess looking at because it says sponsored I don't know so I guess you need to get a a relationship coach so we're gonna move on that because it says number three but it's pretty silly because it's saying it relationship coaches so I guess maybe you shouldn't get a relationship coach I, I don't know about that one but it says texting too much pre-date texting too much pre-date so I guess you you're doing a lot of texting before you actually date each other so they were saying like this is a big issue online but not I guess not necessarily in person like I didn't I've never done the dating online dating thing so I I can't really speak to this but I could I to me I don't know if this is a bad thing to me because I don't see how Texting, well, I guess text. You should call the person. There you go. If you're gonna do a predate and you're gonna try to kind of like get to know a person, especially if you met them online, I probably would want to talk to them on the phone because at least you can get figure out okay, what kind of person am I dealing with? Are they Cool is the vibe off because somebody texting and somebody talking, even though you could tell how a person talks by how they write, but still, it's a different type of thing. So, you could see if you really connect. It, it's different to connect on a text than it is to connect talking. So, give the person a call, don't be texting and everything, don't be doing that. And then, the almost relationship so it's you know called the hookup culture. We just talked about this kind of like casually dating. I don't think there's anything wrong with casually dating, however i could see where a casual continuous casual hookups could be problematic Um, i think you should but i will say young people i will say this if you're really young like you're in your early 20s or you're in your late teens and you're like going off to college my you don't have to listen to me this is just my opinion going through this and having gone through this I would highly recommend that you explore different people like you don't have to sleep with everybody but I would say date different people because there will be a time where if you are in the same in like in a real committed monogamous relationship from the time you're a teen I can guarantee you it's probably somebody that's going to stray It's no point of putting yourself through that heartbreak allow yourselves to grow. And one of the things that happens with people that are usually together for a real long time is usually there's a separation at some point because you met when you're very young and eventually you expand and you grow apart if you don't grow together. So you need to figure out who you are first. So figuring out what you like and what you don't like, who you are will help you. And I think that being casual hookups, as long as you're not just having sex, unprotected sex everywhere, just dating, you know, have a dinner here and there, go to the library here and there with this person. I don't see anything wrong with that. That's just me. I'm not saying have sex with everybody. That's not what I'm saying. Take it, listen to what I'm saying. Not saying that. I'm just saying getting to know people, getting to know people is not a bad thing. Just saying. In my in my opinion, I don't think it's a bad thing, but um, they're saying being afraid of labels. So not wanting to put a label on your relationship is problematic and i agree like we we do get nervous i was having an interview with someone we didn't end up airing it but interviewing with somebody like oh yeah yeah don't put a label on it don't put a label on it i get that but sometimes i think not putting a label on something leads to confusion because then you're in a committed relationship they're not because we i thought you know we was just friends with benefits and then you like oh well i thought we was in a committed relationship. It's time. I think sometimes labels help so that when you're out somewhere and somebody say, oh, is this your girlfriend? No, it's my um, almost relationship friend. It just gets weird. So I think sometimes putting a, a label on it, it's not a bad thing. I know millennials, we get caught up in the terms, but then we don't like labels. So it, it's very weird, uh, the dynamic that we've created, but I believe, and that's just me, Putting a label on a relationship helps to clear up what you are. So if I know you're my girlfriend or my boyfriend, I know we're monogamous. Okay, we, we've had this conversation unless you say it's an open relationship. So then if you say, oh, well, we're open, you know, that's different. But if you go out in public, at least people know what you are because you shouldn't be sitting there for 10 or 15 minutes trying to explain to me this is not my girlfriend, but it is my girlfriend, but it's sort of not my girlfriend. That's too much. Okay. Okay. Just just slap a label on it and package it up and let's go. You know, I don't got time for that. And then it's a social media brag. Of course, doing it for clout is too much. Don't be doing that. I'm not a big fan of the brag-adocious people. I'm just not a big fan of that. That's why I know a lot of people love... You know, the whole Russell Wilson Sierra thing. Me, I think they're a cute couple and all, but I think it's too much. Like if you put too much on social media, as soon as something goes wrong and be like, oh, she didn't post them today. Oh my god, they're divorcing. That's why I said sometimes you gotta let 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 this shit go. Like, don't put everything on social media. Don't you don't have to brag every day. If your relationship is going dope, let it be dope, but be dope between y'all. Like that's that's all I'm saying. Like, that is all I'm saying. Get people out your business. And then they're saying obsessing over one little text. Yeah, don't obsess over the text. If you really want to know something, just call the person. It, you, you can't figure it out over text sometimes. And using emojis, because sometimes, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm an oldest at millennial. Some of these emojis, I don't even know what they mean. Like, I'm like, I, what is this? I don't even know what this would, why would you use this? Why would you use this? This looks like a spatula. What, what, what are we using this for? what is this for like so those are just it's, it's too many emojis I think anyway um just because I wouldn't I knew what some of them mean and I know y'all don't know and y'all young and I know y'all some of them y'all don't know either. so let's not let's not do that and then lastly they said pretending everything is fine of course if you're in a relationship let your partner know how you really feel let them know if you're sad let them know if you're happy let them know what the deal is don't just pretend like it's okay and don't assume that the person is going to know if you're not feeling well or you're sad or you don't like something because they don't trust me they don't it this is the same thing in a relationship if you're doing something you don't like it's the same thing in sex if they're doing something you don't like you have to let them know whatever it is you gotta let them know because they're not gonna figure it out on their own especially if you're a woman dealing with a man I can guarantee you it's going to take a minute before he figures it out. So let's let people know what's going on with you and know that everything is not okay. All right. So this has been the Relationship Edition. You are welcome, Millennials and Generations eight. Y'all welcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this has been another episode of Millennials Anonymous podcast. So if you have something that you want to let us know, please go onto our website at www.millennials.us, send over a question, topic, or inquiry, and you can just submit it and we will get it. And somebody will reply back to you in 4872 business hours. We appreciate you. And that also applies if you want to be on the show. So if you actually have a book or you're doing something, you're a comedian, you're an actress, something and you want to be on the show the same thing applies so you just fill out the same form and send it off like I was gonna say D'Angelo but some of y'all might not know who I'm talking about but anyway you can do that tune in to we will have Ryan Troy on we were supposed to have him on today but I I listened to the the interview and I was like uh I I think that there's some things that are missing I don't want to release it yet so we're gonna re-air no, not re-air we're gonna re-record an interview with him talking about a slightly different topic although he is a Trump supporter I feel like that that's not the biggest issue that we have when we were discussing and talking to each other so I don't want it to be so narrow in scope and you know he he actually mentioned it to me first and he said he really would have preferred to talk about millennial issues and so that's what we're gonna do so I'm gonna have him back but not just specifically because he is on the conservative side of things even though he doesn't like labels but he supports Donald Trump which would make him more conservative leaning so we're not just going to focus on that we're going to focus on issues that impact millennials and impact african-american young people so those are the things that we are going to talk about so we'll have him on in the next couple of weeks we're also going to have on another guest i'm not going to say her name just yet because we have not confirmed the date we've confirmed that she's going to come on but we have not confirmed the date so i'm not going to mention that just yet but you guys are going to like it a lot um especially if you're in the baltimore area you're going to like it a lot so just stay tuned for that because we're going to be having lots and lots of fun And I want to let you guys know that we aired Love is Dope. The Love is Dope episode actually did drop on Valentine's night. So if you've not had a chance to watch it, go back and watch it on Facebook or YouTube. Better yet, you can go directly to our website. So if you go on our website, it's right there at the bottom of the screen. You can watch it. You can tell us what you think about it. We love feedback and giving all of the descriptions of things that you want us to change. Don't change. Like, don't like. We love you. And we want y'all to know that we love you and all of that jazz. So please 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 let us know what you think about that and we're gonna have a couple of other episodes coming and even a cnn style debate discussion we have boxes on top of boxes this is gonna be real nice i'm gonna be like i'm gonna call myself lonnie jimin yeah fawn jimin from bnn black news network yeah i'm gonna have so much fun with that so we're gonna talk about that with all the democratic candidates that are coming out and what we think and what we think needs to happen and what needs to happen in order for these candidates to get the african-american vote so this has been another episode of millennials anonymous podcast thank you so much peace